is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, KOTO listeners. You are tuned in to KOTO Telluride. We are here on Tuesday evening with Off the Record. I'm your host, Julia Caulfield from the news team, and I am currently joined by some different people kind of spaced throughout the world. Um, we're going to be talking with heads of local government this evening. So I am joined in studio by Mountain Village Mayor Leila Benitez. I am joined over Zoom by Chair of the San Miguel County Board of County Commissioners, Chris Holstrom. And then we are waiting for Telluride Mayor Delaney Young, who's running over here after just getting out of an executive session about nine minutes ago. So we're grateful for her to be on her way over this way. But to those I have at the minute, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. What a what a fun way to start the year and having the four of us together. So and it's great being able to see Chris on the Zoom. <laughs> Yeah, Layla. well, Layla and I were saying before we hopped on the air that it's pretty cool, I think, we think, to have our three leaders of local government here this evening all be women. I think that's pretty cool, a pretty um, special thing maybe about our county. So before we dive deep into, you know, topics and issues that maybe are going to overlap throughout the three jurisdictions, I would love to hear from all of you, and we'll have you two go first, and maybe Delaney <laughs> will be here by the time we get to her, but how are y'all doing? How <laughs> I think that these past few years have probably looked quite different than maybe you um, anticipated they would when you joined your council, respectively. We have Delaney Young coming into the studio as we speak. Thank you for being here. Um, so, Chris, let's start with you of, you know, how are you doing heading into 2022? Um, and, and what are you kind of thinking about uh, in your role as chair of the Board of County Commissioners? Well, we're, we're hanging in there. Um, I think there's, uh, there's a lot of issues. One of the things that we're going to try um, something a little different is because we've been meeting every week for over a year um, with COVID and COVID-related things and then all the other business that has to get done. So we're uh, starting actually tomorrow, we're going to uh, have our first work session. So instead of meeting a regular meeting every week, we're going to have our regular meetings every two weeks and then every other week have uh, the opportunity for a work session. So hopefully those will be like one or two topics max. Give us a chance to brainstorm together, which is something we don't get to do very often. Um, Since there's only three of us, anytime that two of us are together, it's considered a meeting. So we can't just stop on the street and say, hey, what do you think about? That's a meeting. So um, that's one of the things that the biggest changes we're going to we're going to try out um, at the commissioner level. And then at the uh, county staff level, uh, several of the offices are going to um, that, although the offices will be open five days a week, we're staggering work weeks for employees so that um, they can have four uh, three days off. Uh, part of that is because I think we all um, will likely agree that the stress level for the past couple of years has been kind of through the roof, and we're just looking for ways to 
to keep our um, services at a high level, but also recognize the, the stress that the staff has been under and, and see if we can switch that up, relieve that a little bit. So those are a couple of things right off the top of my head. Yeah. There's, I know, a lot going on for, for all of y'all, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into it. Delaney, I'm going to let you catch your breath a little bit more. <laughs> um, so, Layla, I'm going to go to you. Of You know, we're in this new year, heading into 2022. How are you feeling on a personal level and, and also as a mayor of Mountain Village kind of heading into this new year? You know, I think that the one thing everyone, I think, throughout the country can agree on, yes, it's been a hard year and a half. But I am really excited about 2022. I think, if nothing else, the last year and a half has shown us how resilient we can be, how we can work together, how we can deal with the pandemic and still get things done. And now I'm just, I am like brimming with excitement about the number of projects that are ongoing. Yeah, we're going to have to stagger it. Yeah, we've learned new ways to work around COVID. But um, I'm just really excited, and especially about just how much I have seen our community come together, how much staff has grown together. And um, so I just think we're that much stronger for it. So I'm in that excited phase. Maybe it's the January buzz, but that's where I'm at. That's a good, I like the optimism. I vote we keep it going throughout the year. <laughs> I like it. Delaney, what about you? What are some of the things that you're feeling for Telluride moving into 2022? I really want to emulate Layla <laughs> and be super excited, and I am working on it. Um, I, on a personal level, I just got over my COVID that I finally mm. caught um, and was isolated in my room alone and got some definite brain fog from lack of activity. And it was not fun, but I feel very fortunate that it wasn't serious or anything. And now I'm, you know, have superpowers because I've got all the shots and COVID immunity. So, um, but I, I agree. I want to emulate Layla because I agree. And I have always tried to err on the side of optimism. And we have accomplished so much to echo what she has said, even in the midst of a pandemic. And if we can do that much during a pandemic, as things improve, I can't even believe how many things we might be able to yeah. accomplish. We got this. This bump. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I am curious, you know, obviously this program, we're kind of looking forward to what the year to come is. But, you know, you've both mentioned or you've all mentioned like the things that you've been able to accomplish, even in the midst of a pandemic. And obviously we're not out of it yet, even though I think we all thought and hoped maybe we would be. But what is what is something looking back over the past year that you're really proud that you were able to accomplish even in the midst of everything that's been going on? Yeah. Go um, for it, Layla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we have made a tremendous amount of progress with our housing program. So launching the community housing initiative and all of the different arms and legs of it. I mean, it is so multi-pronged purchasing, you know, almost 40 acres in Norwood to put in 70 to 100 homes, um, getting VCA ready to get a shovel in the ground this spring um, and looking at other, I think our housing program, it didn't, it didn't skip a beat and it's stronger than it's ever been. And we, it, it's all because we have an amazing team that they just, they just plugged right through it. 
Chris, let's go to you. What's something that you're proud that the county was able to accomplish over the past year? Well, I'll echo some of what, what Layla said. We have this partnership with the town of Telluride on the sunny side, which is um, getting closer and closer to completion. We've been working with the Telluride Foundation and uh, Norwood to uh, further that uh, uh, Pinion Park neighborhood for housing. We've accomplished a new community housing zone district um, language that's that's been adopted. So that's been um, that's been really really good to get done uh, because as as we all know, housing is one of our biggest, if not the biggest, issue that we have. So definitely um, have made a lot of progress there. And then just you know some other personal things. We we have our payment for ecosystem services with the with soil health. Um, you know we've kept a lot of things going. We completed at the county level. We completed our our sheriff's annex in Norwood and our perform our energy performance contracting, which is huge because that we have solar on a whole bunch of buildings now. We're getting a, um, a the majority of our power from renewable sources. And, and, and by doing that, we're saving taxpayers money on the you know, operational costs of those buildings. So that, that was a really um, big thing to finish up this year too, or last year. Yeah. Delaney, what about you? Well, of course, I'm always very proud of all of the housing stuff that we do. I'm going to take it in a little different direction. And it's not something that maybe council or town staff did specifically. I'm really proud of how engaged the community has gotten. And, you know, maybe it took the pandemic to get people to slow down or force them to slow down and pay attention, but it has stuck. I have heard dozens and dozens of people over the past couple of years talk about how they started listening to meetings to be apprised of the emergency situations, but they've stuck with it and they've gotten involved and they make comments and they're really paying attention. And I am a total democracy nerd and I love when people get involved in their local government and that's how people really make a difference. Yeah, definitely. Well, you mentioned it and of course we're gonna talk about it more which is housing. <laughs> you can't have a round table of governments and not have that be a topic that we could easily spend this whole hour talking about. But I am curious, and you've, you've mentioned it, some of the projects that you have going on, but from a, a regional perspective, from in your opinion, like where are we when it comes to the housing crisis and what housing in our region looks like and you know on a on an intergovernmental level you know what do you hope to see kind of moving forward to maybe not solve it because i think that might be a little bit too rose colored glasses but at least you know take some steps to make it um a little bit better delaney let's just go to you okay if anybody didn't know, and maybe you said this on the radio, we had counsel all day, and I literally I know, bless put boots you. on and ran down here. <laughs> um, I have always hoped and wanted our entire community to have a more regional approach to housing. What we all have to understand is that each of our entities and communities and organizations are a little bit different and it's not a cookie cutter fix. That doesn't mean that we can't work together and I still want us to do that going forward into the future. 
each of the various programs that exist fill a niche that is needed in our community, whether it's Village Core Departments in Shandoka or homes in Aldosoro, which are under the county deed restriction program. So yeah, rose colored glasses, I would win the Powerball and I would buy 50 houses in town and turn the market on its ear. And yes, I said that out loud on the radio, <laughs> but that's probably not going to happen. So I think as we eke away at the small bits that we can each bite off, it's going to help the larger, it's going to help the whole. And as the land gets used up in each of our spaces, we may need to even work more closely together on alternative solutions that are sort of outside the box. Yeah. Yeah. Layla, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, I think for us, um, the key is just using every option that's out there. So whether it's land in the town of Mountain Village, whether it's a public-private partnership in Mountain Village with some land that we hadn't thought of before, whether it's working with our neighbors in Norwood to say, okay, how can we create a neighborhood, not just, you know, a massive housing, how do we create a neighborhood of 70 to 100 homes? And just bringing in every option, it, as far as who we'll partner with, how we can fund it, where we'll go, like what we've actually said to our community housing director is nothing's off the limits. Everything just bring it. If it's it, maybe it will, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Maybe council's on board, maybe the c community's not. But every idea is going to be vetted. There's just no knee jerk nose. It's let's go at it. Can you talk a little bit more about the Norwood project? Because I know that it's kind of been in the works for for a bit now, but hasn't necessarily been maybe at the top of everybody's or the front of everybody's radar on everybody's radar. <laughs> Um, you know, that whole time. So can you share a little bit what that project is going to be? Yeah, so ideally, um, you know, when it was first being, there was someone that was interested and they wanted to put like 225 units in there, really high density and not a good match for the community as far as the community was sharing with us. And so we had the opportunity to go in there and say, what can we create? What, what is that need? And for us, it looked like it's, about 70 to 100 single family homes, maybe some town homes, but creating a whole neighborhood. So really looking at this, everything from, you know, trails that are connecting homes, annexing into the town of Norwood, there's still a lot of work to do. So I don't wanna put Norwood on the spot and say, hey, we're you're going to approve this because <laughs> they've been such great partners to date. And I don't, I would hate to do anything to hurt that relationship, but as far as we're concerned, we want this to be homes for families, families that are going to live and build their their community and their their family, grow their kids, do all of that there in the community. So it's not just about commuter housing. We don't want that to be the case here. Yeah. How does that work as, you know, one government purchasing land in another municipality is that Will it be, and you just said it, so I'm thinking no, <laughs> I, I know not, but, you know, is it only for people who work in Mountain Village or um, how does that work? Yeah. No, so we haven't figured out exactly what the numbers are, but we want to work with Norwood to say, what is that mix? So, yeah, 
we're going to have, you know, our regular deed restriction, but we also want to make homes available to families in Norwood as well. So this is not, hey, we're going to move our mountain village and Telluride families out there. It's we want this to be something that's that's all of us. So that's that's a big part, I think, for us is really being a part of the community and wanting them to feel that we are a part of the community with what we're building, that it's for all of us. And more to come. And on, more to come. On what that will look like. Exactly. <laughs> um, Chris, going to you, you know, when you're when we're thinking about kind of the, the big picture of where we're at um, in terms of the housing crisis regionally and what that looks like for governments working together, how do you see all of those pieces fitting together? I think like everyone has said, we're nothing is off the table. We're open to partnering with pretty much anybody who can come in with a good idea that pencils out that fits the the needs of the community. So we are looking at, uh, we're having someone come in to, to look at our, um, the pieces that the county owns, uh, just to, you know, kind of see where we are on those, maybe do some prioritization there and, and always be open to um, what the other governments are looking at. And I think one of the things that we all recognize is our interconnectedness, but also then the, the infrastructure that has to um, accompany that, including you know, how that fits in with SMART and schedules and um, you know, who's members of SMART and uh, the water issue is always brought up anything on the West End and that's a, that is a big issue. Um, I was really pleased to work with uh, Candy Meehan and Dina Sher um, from the West End and April Montgomery and we're waiting to hear on a grant that would look at all the potential water projects on Wrights Mesa to potentially prioritize and, and see if there's any efficiencies there because we know that that is a really, really key part of all of these discussions. You know, something that I think is interesting is you'll often hear that governments or the towns, the county need to be doing more when it comes to housing, but I think there is an interesting balance Delaney, I feel like we talked about this like years ago <laughs> of, you know, what is that role? Like, is it government's responsibility to provide housing? Should they be providing housing? Or is that something that maybe more of the free market should be going towards? So how do you think in your positions of, of balancing that of, you know, what is it? What, what is that balance of a, a government, a town where people live and work? also being the landlords and then also to some extent um and then you know maybe more of like incentivizing homeowners or developers to kind of take the reins a little bit more themselves to create this clear need for for our community Layla, let's go to you um so i think like my initial while you're asking the question all i'm thinking is yes <laughs> the answer is yes it's it's all of that it's the role of government it's the role of business. Um, we've made options for homeowners to add, you know, deed restricted accessory dwelling units so that they can be a part of the solution. Um, we're finalizing next week our housing mitigation program because, you know, large businesses that are coming in and being developed, they have to be a part of the solution as well. So I, I don't think there is any one person, one entity, um, any one taxing measure that's the answer. It's all of the above. And that's, I think that's the only way we meet our needs. And hopefully once we catch up, stay on top of our needs this time. Do you, th do you think that there is a place in the future where we can kind of get on top of, 
as a region get on top of housing for our needs remember it's 2022 <laughs> i'm right. i'm <laughs> an optimist we can do it <laughs> i love it delaney what about you I agree wholeheartedly. I think the three of us tonight are going to agree on just about everything. It is all of the above. This housing is not a one-stop, one-solution problem. It is going to take a lot of hard work, a lot of various options, a lot of examples from other communities, things that are working and things that are not working. And... I will say, and I said it at our meeting today, so it was already on Kodo earlier, I would love for private development to step up and actually build some units uh, at their homes or at their multi um, mixed-use multifamily properties. That just hasn't happened very much. And in the meantime, the town has had a robust decade plus of building um, units and we're going to keep doing it and hope that other people do come in with those other solutions as well yeah Chris what do you think what's your take on it yeah I think whether or not we want to be involved in housing we are and I think we all know um, of successes and failures particularly in other mountain towns and, and that's why I think Telluride has been, um, you know, on the forefront of, of trying to, to hit this housing um, as best as possible. And then all of us are working on it as well. But we, we just, because of our limited real estate, um, you know, free market, I don't think is, it won't work. We won't have our service folks, our, our community will be very, very different if, if we weren't in in this business. So um, I think we are all just looking to be as creative as possible and find as many different kinds of partners um, as possible to accomplish what we um, what we need. I, I don't know if we'll ever actually get on top of it, um, but if we could get close and just feel like, yo, there's that little bit of oxygen at the top of the, you know, <laughs> that we can breathe um, and, that, and that we're not seeing the uh, huge, in, uh, a flux of our community, which I feel like we've all suffered from in the last couple of years. So that's really key is to, and I think we're all doing it and we're all um, hitting different parts of it, is to really look at our community and where the needs are in the community, both for rental and for ownership, and to try and hit those points where um, where we know the, that we'll have the best, um, best bang for the buck, best um, best for our community, um, and, and just, you know, I'm really proud of the the net zero um uh sunny side i think that is where we can lead while we're trying to address um this issue which is you know we're not alone in it but um no one yet has come up with the answer and we're working on a lot of little answers that hopefully will add up yeah when it comes to sunny side i have to give a quick shout out to KOTO's Matt Hoish, who had a national story on Marketplace yesterday talking about the Sunnyside project. So have to give a shout out to the Kodo newsroom. (laughs) It was very excited. We all shrieked downstairs when we heard it. (laughs) We knew it was coming too, and we're still so excited. (laughs) Um, But Chris, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit in terms of you know, making something, making somewhere that is viable and livable for our community for the people who live here who work here and you know i think to to some extent maybe the region has been um 
not hurt by, but you know, we've we've maybe seen some struggle due to this success that um, that as a region we've seen when it comes to our tourism economy. So many people wanting to be here. Obviously, we all want to be here. <laughs> um, but so I would love to to hear. You know, I feel like there is a little bit of a double edged sword of we want and need and love the tourism economy that we have, but sometimes it can have some pains on the community as well. And so, you know, where do you see or where would you like to see that going? And and do you feel like we're in a, in a, a place that's viable for our communities to continue thriving if this level of visitation and tourism keeps up or ticks up in our region? Chris, if you have any um, thoughts it on that. Is, it is, and I think it will be a challenge. And one of the things is uh, the rep from District 3, which includes the West End, is that they would welcome more folks coming that way. And we've had a few discussions, um, some, some pandemic got in the way, but we've had a few discussions about how we could do better at, you know, when, when one, when Telluride Mountain Village may seem full or crowded, or even when they aren't, to just really help distribute our visitors to some of the other parts of our county and our region where there's, um, you know, there's uh, beauty, absolutely, and and a desire to have them there. There's, as always, there's um, other parts to it. Um, some of the infrastructure needs, you know, maybe some more hotels. But I think when you look, if you've gone through Nucleonatarita and seen Camp B and some of the things that are starting to um, happen there. Um, the the Dark Skies Initiative is really cool. So there's some things happening there. And I think that we need to look at this holistically as a region to to help manage um, manage our numbers. I, at one point in one meeting, I was, you know, kind of, I was astounded when I went to the city, you know, and the, the Google Maps or whatever shows you the red areas to avoid because of traffic. And it's basically something like that. It's like, all right, if if numbers are too too thick here, if we're looking at you know signing up for trails and stuff, then let's be really proactive and and get the folks visiting here, getting some of the places where they may not have heard of them yet, but they're going to love them when they do visit them. Um, and and again, there's there's a desire on on many on the the West End to um, to have those visitors come come see them. So that's part of what I think we're we're going to look at. And we're going to need to. Um, address moving forward because because yeah a, a crowded town is a different town than many of us have gotten used to and and uh, both towns and uh, you know we can mitigate that to a certain extent and we can embrace it to a certain extent and I think we can do some other things as well. Do you have any you know I know it's it's a big issue and it is definitely an intergovernmental issue I've heard all of the governments talking about it at meetings but you know do you have thoughts or ideas of, of some of the ways to make that happen? You know, we can say we need to spread people out, but like, what does that look like in practice? Mm -hmm. Well, I think some of the dust needed to settle in, in Telluride with, uh, with the tourism and the marketing. And I think that will um, provide a, a bit of an opportunity. But I've been working with Department of Ag and um, the Alliance Center for Regenerative Recovery. And so, you know, like agritourism, we put together a, a um, farm tour that was actually in the Gunnison Valley, but I'm wanting to do that here. So just to get creative on on those benefits that we have, the things that we can sell um, or not sell, just you know, offer to people to see things that are different. And I think, you know, 100% sure 
But I think people are looking for something a little bit different too, to, to get out of the way, to, you know, to go over to, to the Norwood Library and, and see through telescopes at the amazing night sky or, or to, you know, see some of the um, bike trails that are in huge abundance um, throughout the region. And I think just a regional approach makes sense to me because um, because of the you know transportation and housing and and um, hotels etc. So I think we have to look at it not just from the county but also from the sort of southwest Colorado region as well. And and there are um, things happening at the state level um, through the agritourism board and others that that I hope um, will help with that sort of um, analysis and process. Yeah. Layla and Delaney, turn into you, kind of going back to that question of, you know, what does tourism and that side of our economy look like in this area as we continue to get busier? And, you know, how does that balance with the people who live and work here and maybe are having a little bit of a hard time with how busy it feels? Yeah. Did you want to go first? Sure. Um, yeah, that <laughs> it's a conundrum. I think that Anyone who does not admit to the fact that we are a tourism economy, we will always be a tourism economy, is being extremely short-sighted. It is our existence. It, it's who we are, what we are. That doesn't mean it's the only thing we are. And I'm glad that you asked this question because the pains are very evident. People are struggling because they don't have enough help at businesses, people are moving away because they're losing their housing. And it is in part due to the unmitigated growth. How do we find that balance? That is the 10 million or 1 billion at this point dollar question. How do we find that balance? Embrace what we know we are and accept it and enjoy it the enjoyment part is the hard part and how do we find our way back to that and todd brown brought it up at an ig meeting last year mm -hmm. or the, even the year before maybe about a visioning plan for all of us as a region and at the time i think most of us were so overwhelmed with the state of everything at the time that we were not ready and within a couple of months, probably, we each were having conversations with other people saying, wow, you know, I think we really do need to actually do this. And it does need to be a regional approach. And when I'm on Region 10 calls with the six counties in the area, and when I'm on CAST calls, Colorado Association of Ski Towns, everyone, we're all talking about it and how we need to work with our, not just start within our own county, but with neighboring communities, as Chris said. I think what Chris said, all of it was extremely eloquent and on point. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, and Delaney and I talk about this a lot. It's, it's something that we both see the issue and we feel the dish issue in very different ways. Um, and I think that you know, if you look back two years ago, we were growing at a pretty solid rate and we were all talking about, oh, that 4th of July week, oh, that Christmas week. If we could just get past, you know, some of these high points. And COVID hit and I think we did not have the infrastructure nor were we pe prepared for what was about to come. I mean, between the day trippers 
and just the sheer volume of people wanting to escape to the mountains. We went from something where we were slowly developing our tourist economy very steadily and I think responsibly to kind of being caught off guard and not having the infrastructure that we need for the volume that we're seeing. Um, part of, you know, the reason, you know, we just chose MTI through the RFP process for our um, marketing support. And a big part of that is their understanding of how they can help the two towns together to really work on that spread, work on making sure that it's sustainable, work on making sure that, you know, when you talk about a tourism driven town, it doesn't get any more so than Mountain Village. You know, we really we're very dependent on that. And so and we're very we're a very large, broad, spaced out area and, and can tolerate a little bit more. And so in a lot of ways, we want to be part of that solution. But again, without overrunning our businesses, without losing the quality of life. And so I think we're two years behind where we should have been just because of what happened with COVID. But I do see that in this coming year, I think there are going to be a lot of solutions that we come up with. And it'll probably take us, you know, another couple years to get to where it's, it's more manageable and we feel in control of our economy and the number of people that are here instead of feeling overrun, which I know a lot in our community do. And that's, that's no quality of life. Yeah. Chris, I'm going to focus a question a little bit towards Telluride and Mountain Village for a moment. I also want to remind our listeners, you are tuned in to Off the Record on KOTO Telluride. We're talking with Mountain Village Mayor Layla Benitez, Telluride Mayor Delaney Young, and Chair of the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners, Chris Holstrom. If you have a question, this is a great opportunity to ask your representatives, ask some of the people who make decisions or are one on a board of people who make decisions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, give us a call, 970-728-4333, and ask the folks themselves. Um, Layla, you mentioned MTI, which is Marketing Tourism Inc., also for many people known as the Telluride Tourism Board. Yeah. Um, Mountain Village did just select MTI as a um, marketing agency for the town. Delaney, last November, voters in Telluride passed a ballot measure, which kind of will actually shift up what that relationship might look like a little bit by having the money go through town rather than the county. And so, you know, I'm curious where the governments are at the minute, kind of what does that relationship look like with the tourism board and also how we're marketing our communities to the outside world and, you know, should we, I think the question often comes up is like, should we be telling people to come to this region, given the fact that plenty of people already are? No, I think it's, we are, I think we're all kind of in a little bit of a, a phase where we're figuring out what it's going to look like moving forward. I know that the town of Telluride still has to go through their own process. And so I don't want to Put her in a box by by saying too much um but for us a big part of why we went with you know mti and we got you know a dozen of the most amazing um applications through the rfp process but when it came down to it the people that understood us understood what growth means to us what marketing means to us what it means to to have the right type of visitor that's coming here and understand sustainability 
understands and loves us for what we are, not trying to turn us into another ski town. I, I don't think there was anyone else that really understood and could be as flexible with us as as MTI. And I think, you know, they would tell you they haven't been marketing the region for the last two years. And I think that how we look at, you know, it's in their name, but whether we call it marketing and whether what they're really doing is marketing are two different things. I think it's helping us manage our destination. And um, they were the ones that just understood us and understood what we needed with that management the best. So I won't put her in a box. (laughs) Well, and I have to give um, gratitude to Mountain Village because they reached out to me to meet to talk about things just so we are still on the same page and understand sort of the lay of the land. And for better or worse, Telluride has not had the opportunity yet without having meetings till 8 p.m. at night um, to have this discussion and we had made the decision during our budgeting process regardless of how the ballot measure turned out to keep 2020 as a status quo 2022 sorry 2022 (laughs) lord we we didn't want to create that much upheaval because the ballot measure alone was creating some angst in the community and now that that has happened, that is one of 30, I think, things that we want to address in the first quarter of 2022. And we're, we just had our first meeting of the quarter and um, definitely need to have that discussion. This famous question that seems to be coming up, what do we want to be when we grow up? And that's what we all keep asking ourselves. And to go back to what the other question was to Chris, and then when it came to us, I don't know how any one of us individually can manage the growth and the tourism unless we work together and collaborate. And knowing what our governmental partners are doing in the sense for marketing, it may not be exactly the same thing. Telluride may not want to do the same exact things Mountain Village is doing, but knowing what each other is doing those things can work together and be integrated and it'll be a holistic approach nonetheless. Yeah, nice. And I think that's what I'm so thankful for is that Delaney and I can pick up the phone or catch a cup of coffee and we may not be exactly on the same page as far as what, you know, the goals are for, you know, that week for our councils or whatever it may be, but we're constantly talking and understanding each other's point of view and, it's that open dialogue that I think really helped us to get this far in the process. Do you think, though, I mean, the sounds of it is you're not necessarily, you're not running in opposite directions in terms of what the communities want. But Delaney, as you were speaking to of wanting or needing to do a more regional kind of maybe visioning for what this looks like, you know, can you approach it as Mountain Village is doing this, Telluride's doing this, and if they're in separate or in opposite directions of each other, like, does that actually work? Or these communities are so connected that if one town says we want to have more people or the same amount of people and the other town says we want to try and kind of pull back the reins a little bit, like, does that work if you have those kind of dueling visions or do you need to have it be a lot more um, connected? I mean, I will say it, it doesn't work if you're not trying to make it work. 
like, it, you, I mean, you can go into it thinking, well, we see this completely differently and we're at different points in our trajectory and we're still so young at 20 plus years old. We need different things. Or we can look at it as, hey, so this is where we're at and that's where you're at. And how can we meet in the middle so that it helps both of us? And I think that's the way we've looked at it. Am I putting words in your mouth? No, I I, I was thinking of the same exact thing in a few different words, but you got the... You probably had a good analogy. No, I think (laughs) we can need different things and we Mm -hmm. can want different things. As long as that line of communication stays open, I think there's a way to find those needs, those individual community needs to be met while still working together and moving forward in a positive direction. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Chris, I will throw it out there. I know that we were kind of talking specific Telluride and Mountain Village, but is there anything you would like to kind of plug into to this conversation of how we um, kind of move forward when it comes to tourism as a region? I, I think, well, you know, everybody is making sense. And, and I think, you know, what Layla just said, Mountain Village is still quite young. And so, you know, what are we going to be when we grow up? Each of us is going to have a different take on that. And each of us is at a, at a different stage. Um, but I think we are um, we are very well placed because we are communicating and because I think we recognize that we are different communities um, and can work really hard to uh, develop appropriate measures for each of the communities that fit. Norwood is very different than Telluride, which is very different than Mountain Village, and and then we have Agnar too. So um, I think we're in we're well placed because we we understand the issues and we are we talk to each other and we um, have developed and hopefully that will continue a history of of working together. Uh, that's that's really key. Is one you know maybe we're not working on the same pay, same thing. But we understand what we're doing. We understand why. We understand um, priorities and, and and how things are moving forward. So um, I, I'll I'll get on the 2022 rah rah bandwagon for sure. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a pra- pragmatic it. optimist, but yes. um, but you know I, I think we uh, we were all hoping 2021 was going to be a bit better than it was, but I think 2022 is I has the opportunity to really live up to. Um, to the next phase of, of being being better <laughs> and getting getting more even more done uh, i hope oh, you're so. right yes <laughs> me too <laughs> um i did want to touch i mean obviously as i think this whole conversation has been showing is while each jurisdiction has their own um wants or needs or goals everything is so connected but we also have some um topics that are just very much from the jump clearly group projects, <laughs> I guess, for for the region. Um, and one of them kind of largely is going to be taking place, in theory, out at Society Turn with that huge project that is um, going on over the next decade or so. Um, hey, four to five years. Well, depending on what part you're talking okay. about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, so for those of us who maybe are not listening to every meeting and did not necessarily understand that <laughs> thing that made us all laugh, um, <laughs> Society Turn is this parcel of land kind of between Lawson and the Society Turn roundabout. Four to five years is the med center yes. wastewater treatment plant portion. And then there's other um, development private um, that will be taking place over the next 
10, 15 ish years. And housing. And housing, yes. <laughs> Definitely housing. Um, so, Chris, I know that a lot of the, the kind of planning side of this does happen on the county level because it is mm-hmm. um, a county property, it's on county land. Can you share just a little bit of, for folks who maybe aren't fully caught up to date, what does this, where is this project as it stands right now? Sure. So it's uh, it's not on county land. It's private land, but it's yes. within the county. So um, uh, this is a, a special use permit, a planned unit development. And so it has to go through five steps. And I believe they are through three of them. So we should be getting more. I think the last I heard within the next month or two, we'll be getting the next phase of plans, which is more detailed than all the ones um, leading up to this. Uh, so it's been it's been interesting so far. You know, it is a mix. It is a it is a unique mix of uh, things that the developer has asked for. Things that we um, we come back to them and say, but I think we need more of this. We have a small group meeting with the med center to make sure that um, they don't um, cut their foot off of just their face and their nose off uh, with the housing because um, that is huge. If we're, if we're upgrading our medical center, we want to make sure that the folks who will be um, treating us and seeing us for all of our ailments, um, you know, have, have the right, have the opportunity to, um, to live there or, you know, visit there. So whether it's, so that's some of the, the things that are going on right now is a little bit more on the detail of the parts. Um, because you know it's it's fairly complex in that the there's a landowner coming in and yet the med center is uh, you know an ultimate um part of it and, and an important part of it but they're not actually the ones doing the application and the negotiation so uh i think we'll see movement on that we'll see the next phase probably within the next couple of months um it'll be coming in first and uh, the next phase will be up in front of the planning commission and then back to the the commissioners for um for the final approvals so um and and as i was was stated earlier i think one of the benefits of this whole last couple of years is engagement and the fact that people it's much easier to access all of our meetings now um and and that's that's been great for certainly for us at the county we we had a lot of meetings where no one would would ever show up so um, getting input from folks is is really important and and this is no exception um on that yeah. You mentioned the Med Center and Layla, I'm going to look at you a little bit um, as you are a member of the Med Center board. Yes. yes. Um, I was trying to think right now. I'm like four and a half years, five years. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, can you, I'm just going to, I'm going to put you on the spot yeah. a little bit in terms of, you know, I think we can all easily say that the Med Center especially over the past year and a half, two years and before, um, has been stretched to capacity in right. the space that they're in. So what are you hoping to see as, what is the, uh, the Med Center Board hoping to see kind of come of this lot that is available in the society turn area and what that looks like for a more regional um, medical facility for, for the area? Yeah, I'm, I will, and I'm going to try and say as much as I can without accidentally crossing any lines. <laughs> You're welcome to cross lines. If you <laughs> I will say that, you know, these days we are meeting almost on a daily basis, um, working on the med center and the planning for it, everything from the funding 
to what is it going to look like and all of the pieces that Chris was talking about there's there are a lot of pieces that we need to do to meet our I'm going to call them obligations for lack of a better word um, to build on this this land that we don't actually own um, but you know I I think it's anybody who got ill over the last three weeks um, and I was one of them <laughs> so knows how stretched thin we are. Um, we have the depot for respiratory patients, but we're operating out of this small hospital. We have nurses that are bumping into each other. We can't see we're at least a third of the patients that we need to see right now on a timely basis. There's just not enough room. Um, there's not enough rooms for doctors to see patients. There's not enough room to even for the doctors to have a place to sit down and write their notes and you know do their dictations i mean we are that short on staff and um in this three weeks of you know that we all had trouble um, i think so many of us were sent to montrose for the simplest things for something like the flu because we just don't have the capacity to treat our own community and something like that takes a horrible toll not just on you know the economy and people taking time off. But if you think about somebody who has to take a whole day off from an hourly job to take their child to Montrose because they can't get health care, the impact just on that one person, the financial hit they take by not having health care closer to home, it's it's huge. And that's, you know, a good 60% of our community that gets put into that position. So um, I think we have the most amazing doctors. I would say our nurses are better than any that I've worked with. And I used to work in hospitals, so I can say anywhere in this country, we've got tremendous staff and they deserve a facility that meets their qualifications so they can treat patients to the best of their ability. And right now they're doing their job with one hand behind their back and doing it well, mind you. I just want to get that out there. <laughs> they're amazing and doing their job well. Yeah. So another piece of that, so the hospital is, or the, yeah, it will be a, it's aimed to be a critical access hospital. Exactly. It'll have overnight beds, a couple, just a couple. But, you know, if you're the person that is looking at, do I have to make the trip all the way to Montrose while they check my blood sugars overnight, or can I stay here? It's a, a big difference and a huge cost. Yeah, yeah. So that will be kind of one of the beginning pieces yes. of development on this property. Another big one is, I'm now turning to Delaney, <laughs> <laughs> um, is the wastewater treatment plant, which is maybe not the sexiest topic in local government. She, she can but talk it about is a that. Very yeah, important I always get one. to yeah, talk about that. that. So Delaney, <laughs> Delaney saying as the town of Telluride does own the facility, um, that has also for, you know, both of these topics the hospital or the med center and the wastewater treatment plant for ever since I've been here has been a topic of discussion of we need to upgrade, we need to expand, we need to make this more efficient. Um, and they both, turns out, take a long time. <laughs> Where are we at from this very regional um, but the town owns wastewater treatment plant? We do own the facility. Mountain Village is a large partner in that whole um, process and organization. Where are we in that process? Holy cow. We have on our 2022 goals and objectives to put out a request for proposals to construction companies to actually start 
implementing the upgrades and tiny expansion. We're going to actually use a lot of what's in the existing facility from the consultants' reports that we've been getting over the past several years. I think that our staff has done a killer job on all of this. And, you know, I, I, I don't really know what else to say on that. They, uh, the consultant teams that we've been working with have been amazing. And it has definitely fluctuated up and down. That number has been quite scary and then got really good and is now sort of in the middle range. And beyond capacity people need to remember that this has a lot more to do with regulations that we are going to be required to fulfill at the state level and the federal level. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts. We have to, ha, did you hear what I did there? Buts. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we have to meet those regulations. Otherwise, it could be disastrous financially for our entire community. And that's in terms of how clean essentially the water gets treated as it goes through the the plant correct correct the the water that is coming out the effluent um it's various things it's minerals uh right now it is not pharmaceuticals or although that has been a topic of conversation for probably a decade now at various levels but it's things like copper and it's that's a big one for us actually and occasionally it does have to do with capacity and it was one of the things that prompted the initial talks probably I don't know eight-ish years ago when you hit those peaks like fourth of July and Christmas (laughs) that came up earlier or New Year's where the capacity is stretched quite thin but more so than that it is the regulations and I just want to say you know we are partners in it um, although Telluride owns the majority of it but um, it's one of those opportunities again where you're like Wow, I'm, we're really lucky to have partners that we can trust and work with on something this big because we are dependent on them in a, a large way, but they keep us abreast. We talk about things, and I just I really appreciate the way they have taken this project on. So I knew that this was going to happen, that we are six minutes away from the end of the hour and we've hardly made it we've hardly scratched the surface on all the things that we could talk about um so i would love to hear from each of you you know what is something either as a a regional topic or as specific to your jurisdiction topic that you um think deserves maybe more light or thought than it typically gets from our community Layla, you looked like you had to think about it, so I'm going to make you go first. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> My normal answer here is is always the medical center, so it's funny. I, sorry to use that one, because um, I, I do think that it's just one of the most critical, and it's, it's there when you need it, and you don't think about it when you don't. And um, over the course of the coming year, I just I really want it to be top of mind for everyone in our community. So um, there's that, and then I'm going to say our child care workers. They have had, you know, we talk about how this is going to be a great year, and it is already, but the last year and a half has taken a huge toll on them. And whether we're talking about infant care or we're talking about our teachers, I, I don't know if the community understands just what they have been through and um, whatever we can do to support them, I think is very key. You took mine. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're just like jang or uh, dominoes. Yeah. <laughs> so echo that absolutely. Childcare, teachers, the administration at the schools—it's been really hard. I think that the other thing, I guess, to shine a light on. Hmm. I think that people see that it takes a long time for things to happen in government and it gets really frustrating. As someone who didn't work in government my entire <laughs> life, I totally understand. Things take a long time because we have a process that we have to go through and for better or worse, that's just the way it is. If you don't see something happening, it doesn't mean that we are not working on it. And we don't have time to call every resident of town, <laughs> county, wherever, to say, here's a rundown of everything I did this week. As I said earlier, people are super engaged. That is awesome. Please keep it up. And if you have questions, email us, call, and just ask. Yeah. Chris, what about you? Um, yeah, I think one of the things for folks should all be paying attention to, and we are, will be how we are, each of the governments is going to be spending the funds coming our way. Um, we're hoping that can get to some of the um, stress points in our communities. Um, those are really critical uh, one-time funds that we hope to take really good advantage of and to leverage with other grants. So we're always interested, as Delaney said, in, in people's input on specific needs and and if uh if they think we're going in the right direction on what we're we're paying attention to or where, where we're looking to spend those funds um we don't know exactly yet but we're getting closer um and then i would just just really um we have really incredible people in this region and in these communities and i think that's really i would hope we would really work to brainstorm continue to brainstorm um solutions ways to make things better um, because we, I mean, we are just blessed with talent of all kinds. And, and I think we'll all, I think we'll all agree that we do better when we're working together towards a solution. And uh, that's, we'll, we'll just add that to the, the yay 2022, because I think we're going to, we're going to see a lot more of that. At least we're all going to be working towards that. I know. Nice. Um, in our final minutes, we kind of touched on this at the beginning and we'll, let's just go back or, back around the way that we came, but something for your jurisdiction specifically that is a project or plan or initiative coming up in 2022 that you're really excited about, Chris. Um, well, mine are, mine too, are, we're soil and water for the West End. So we're really hoping we get this grant that will help all the entities on Rights Mesa um, you know, looking at Norwood Water Commission, uh, Farmers Water, girly folks um, to to really help get a handle on the water situation there because we know that's critical to everything. And then my my personal favorite is the is the payment for ecosystems, working to improve soil health and healthy soil practices that many many of our farmers and ranchers already do, but to get some assistance to them, some monetary assistance and technical assistance. Um, it were needed to uh, to push that along. Um, that was one couple of my personal favorites. Perfect, Delaney. Adopting our new climate action plan and starting to implement it. We're hoping to do that by April. We're going to have 
uh, work session or some sort of an update at least on February 1st at our next meeting. I'm really, really excited about getting that going. Perfect. Layla. And well, we've been working for two years on a trails, bike, pedestrian um, path, especially for some of our critical areas where we've been having people just walk down the middle of Fountain Village Boulevard or <laughs> bikes aren't finding a way to get from the village to a trail. And so this year, um, we did a lot of work last year just getting the engineering done. And this year, we're hoping to get all of those trails and bike lanes put in. And um, I'm just, I'm looking forward to seeing strollers on sidewalks. <laughs> so that's, that's my, that's my big excitement. Wonderful. I love that you all went for outdoors slash environment <laughs> things, which is a whole t conversation that we didn't get to <laughs> this evening. And we could also spend a whole lot of time um, talking about Chris Holstrom, Delaney Young, Layla Benitez. Thank you all so much for joining me, having kind of, I feel like it was a whistle stop tour of local governments this evening. An hour is not long enough. For our Kodo listeners, thank you for tuning in. And if you want to learn more, we talked about it, how for better or worse, COVID and Zoom has kind of made it easier for people to participate. The Board of County Commissioners meet on Wednesdays. You can learn more there. The Town of Telluride Town Council meets every third Tuesday, including this one. Thank you, Delaney, for being here. <laughs> and Mountain Village Town Council meets the third Thursday of the month. And now starting at two. Now starting Every at month. Two. So we want people to attend. There you go. Be there. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to be back next week with more Off the Record. And then, of course, we'll be back with the news tomorrow evening. Thanks, Julia. Thanks, Thanks so much, Julia. Thank you, Kodo. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Off the record.